بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد uh, The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an established fact لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله لا إله إلا الله توحيد is an توحيد or rather the oneness of Allah the أحديات of Allah that is an established fact it is such an established fact that it's generally not even discussed. Uh, the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is generally not discussed in the Qur'an. What Allah discusses in the Qur'an is the oneness of Allah. Reason is that over time, while the majority of the people of any given time in history in this world generally accepted a supreme lord because it's such an essential reality. It's always been a very agreed upon reality which is built into the human fitrah. The reason for it is the covenant which was taken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after he created Adam alayhi salam and extracted all of his uh, progeny from him. So they all agreed. So that's what we're born with. That's the fitrah that the Prophet ﷺ said every child is born with. So the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there. Tawheed though means something different than the oneness of Allah. Oneness of Allah is a fact, it's a statement, it's a, it's an it's a established reality. Tawheed is an action on behalf of human beings or anybody else for that matter to declare that Allah is one. So Tawheed, you have to remember, is to say, to declare, to believe that Allah is one. Because Allah is one anyway. But for us, it's an act that we are supposed to do. So Tawheed is a transitive term. Muta'addi, it's a transitive term. <clears throat> Tawheed is essentially the refuge for the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a source from which many things happen related to the hereafter. Tawheed is the powerhouse from which the Akhirah is made. Tawheed is what determines a person's fate. It's the thing which makes or breaks the person's salvation in the hereafter. So if we take the reference of the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with reference to Tawheed, and then we'll look at the awliya with reference to Tawheed and see how it differs. When it comes to, when it comes to even the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about them making tawheed or doing tawheed, declaring the oneness of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them, فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعَوُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعَوُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ إِذَا هُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ This is something they can't even deal with this is something that they, they have a challenge with essentially even though intellectually they're disagreeing with Allah they're denying Allah but their their selves will accept this belief when they're in a certain vulnerable state it's about a vulnerable state this tells us something very important because let's look at this verse first for either when they get onto their ships onto their seafaring voyages and of course it's not mentioned in this particular verse but when the waves start to roll and there's a deadly situation ahead a situation of terror about to drown 
they call on to Allah مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُدِّينَ while making the, the faith sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ but then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them delivery to the dry land إِذَا هُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ they go back to disobeying they go back to, uh, to shirk uh, to polytheism again this in itself tells you something very important that when a, a person is a vulnerable when a person is <clears throat> in a vulnerable state he's expected to be closer to Allah that's a very vulnerable state both from a dunyawi perspective but also from a spiritual perspective they tend to be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the intellectual arrogance is all broken it's all it, it's, it's all dealt with in that sense that's why it's easier for them to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why when Heraclius asked Abu Sufyan <coughs> who are the followers of Muhammad sallallahu this new prophet about whom he'd received this letter du'afa'uhum is it the weak or is it the strong he said it's the weak and he says this is exactly what happens why would the weak be the first why do you think the weak are the first to go to a prophet and accept him well the reason seems to be quite clear because they don't have this other sources or senses of security or perceived security which is the wealth influence power position when they don't have that position then they need something it's easier for them to look to somebody else this tells us that power position influence luxury all of these things they corrupt they become a barrier to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have <clears throat> they have a potential for being a, a barrier to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Prophet said that Allah is with the munkasiratul qulub. Allah is with the broken hearted ones. Because a broken heart is more ready and fertile to take on the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reason is quite clear because they don't have anything else to take support from, they've lost all, all else. So then they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> so now this is actually, does that mean that we have to be broken hearted? We have to be vulnerable. We have to lose all influence and power and have to be in that kind of weakened state to believe properly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not necessarily. Because once your strength and position and power and everything is built on the foundation of Tawheed, then inshallah all of these things are to benefit. It's only when these things become a prevention. But all the time, obviously, for a person who has Iman and Tawheed as well, they're going to have to be careful that these things don't become an encroachment. Uh, uh, if our shift begins to, if our gaze begins to, and focus begins to shift towards these things, and we get this false sense of security just because we have lots of money in our bank account, and lots of disposable income, we don't have to ask Allah as we used to have to ask Him when we didn't have much and we used to say, Oh Allah, let me get by. I'm in difficulty. I only have this much money. Now we have a lot more money, so there's no reason to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can you see how these things can, uh, can corrupt you? When you didn't have much influence and you had to really ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you get through the world, get your paperwork done. For example, let's take an example. <clears throat> Somebody who's in a third world country who's come to England eventually. 
Now imagine the number of du'as that they made while they were there just to get out of their situation in their village. You know, they were, they, they were siblings, uh, they, they had five, six siblings, a small bit of land to go between them, constant arguments, constant difficulty, constant, constant, you know, hunger issues. Right? They had just enough money to uh, get a few things. Now finally they used to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there every day. They were, they were making constant dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah revealed, re, uh, relieved them of that problem. You know, from the middle of the oceans, Allah re relieved them of that problem. Now he's brought them to this country, for example. And now they've forgotten Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because mashallah, they've got a good job. They've got a house now and everything is, they don't, they don't have to need for anything. Everything is available. Everything is available. So now they've forgotten Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They haven't entirely forgotten, they haven't given up Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but their shift in focus is so on their, their sense of apparent uh, security with everything that they have available, that now they don't have to call on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much. This is how I believe that wealth and other things, because of the false sense of security and power they provide you, they take away this vulnerability state and thus they make you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we do remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the, the way of this world is that you're never going to be in a constant state of prosperity. There's always going to be some kind of adversity. So that those are reminders. In that sense, doesn't adversity seem like a bounty in the midst of all of that jungle of prosperity? Right? Now the successful one is the one who is, manages to to, to spiritualize you can say his prosperity so that all of that is for Allah he has constant state of wuquf qalbi regardless of what he's doing he doesn't allow it to get into his heart that's what it seems like <clears throat> that's the distinction this is our challenge I believe so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that even when the mushrikeen here they do a sense of tawheed even they just feel inside oh God do you understand? Cutting out of the darkness of all what they've disbelieved until now. Allah helps them. Allah helps them. But unfortunately they return. Now when it comes to the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then, because of their tawheed, Allah will give them delivery from the difficulties of this dunya and the akhirah and all of the difficulties of the akhirah as well. This is exactly why you see the, the, the example of this in Yunus story. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him freedom from that darkness in the stomach of the whale. Likewise, he didn't die. Right, so he didn't die, that's right. Likewise, those who followed the messengers in throughout our history, we have the stories of those who followed the messengers in their time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala finally gave them victory, finally gave them delivery. You look at the people of Musa alayhi salam, downtrodden, enslaved, their children killed, their men folk killed, their women left alive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala finally gave them and then made them warithin. He finally made them inheritors of the earth. In fact, in fact, even the Pharaoh, even the Pharaoh, when he was about to die, when he was about to drown rather, you had the situation where he says, now I declare that I believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. Though it was just too late for it to be validly acceptable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the Tawheed so much that it mentions about certain angels that they were frightened that he would even be forgiven at this time. However, 
obviously his tawheed did not did not benefit him at that time because of the fact that it was too late he began to see reality the realities of this world where all intoxication of this world disappears all you then see is just absolute reality because when a person dies the truth and falsehood becomes clear because no longer are you part of this dunya you're leaving this world so all the facades of this world begin to disappear and you start seeing what really should have been the case and then you start measuring our own perspective about what we did believe and if it's in conformance to the reality that we uh, that uh, is becoming our awareness right now then you go in bliss and you think yes you know i've got my answers right i've won in this exam and if not then it's a difficulty in terms of the most <clears throat> in terms of the greatest difficulties it's only shirk that can get you into the greatest difficulty which is the greatest of the difficulties the difficulty of the hereafter how does one get pleasure in their worship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i want to clarify from before that's not what we're after but it would help so a person should not become upset that they don't get any pleasure in their worship the reason is that pleasure in the worship is a very high stage it's a stage that has to be uh, to be reached basic is like a a maqam that has to be reached in a sense and it's up to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however there are some ways to get it if you understand the mechanics of where pleasure in worship and love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes from now think about this world anything in this world if a person that is just a normal person you don't have any special relationship with that person gives you a gift and you compare that to the gift of somebody who you admire and love so much and suddenly they give you a gift they give you the same thing this person gave you the same thing as the other person gave you a pen or he gave you a book or he gave you a voucher whatever the case is can you see the difference in the value of those gifts even though intrinsically the value is the same but the extrinsic value of who gave you them becomes very different from the person who loves you it brings so much more attachment to it there you 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 get so much more out of it oh wow he, he this person likes me as well they love me as well they care for me as well you know and then suddenly that same gift of 5 pounds that was given by this person and this other person this one suddenly took more value than the gift of the other person So they say al-ladhatu tabi'atun al-mahabba. Ladhat and pleasure is sub, is basically contingent on your love for somebody or something. Taqwa bi quwwatiha wa tad'af bi du'fiha. This pleasure will increase based on the love you have for something or it will decrease based on your love for something. The strength and the weakness of your ladhat in something will be the same kind of thing that's why it says that every time your desire for your mahbub your beloved is stronger then when you reach that beloved when you attain that beloved then you're going to get more out of it your pleasure is going to be much more i'll give you another example some people who have really 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 saved up for their hajj out of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every time they were putting money aside for the last 10 years they were thinking this is for a hajj for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it was not just the trip that they could make because they had so much money and they could just do it every year this person was saving because he wanted to go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
So every time he's putting money away. Now this guy gets to Hajj and along with him in his group there's another person who goes every year. You see the difference between them generally speaking? The ladhat that they're going to get just from seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's going to be massively different. This is not to say a person who goes everywhere cannot have ladhat. He may have the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But I'm just saying that there are people who go every year, they're true group leaders. And they don't even perform a tawaf in a normal Umrah situation. They take their group but they don't perform a tawaf. Except one maybe. They don't do any extra tawaf. For them they become so used to it. The love is not there. It's become business. Okay, so that sounds a great concept. Increase your love and your ladhat and your pleasure will increase. How do you increase your love of something? That needs to be answered. So he's saying that love for something and shawq and desire towards it comes generally from knowing more about it, understanding its characteristics, knowing more about it. Every time the knowledge of something becomes more complete, then the love of that thing will increase as well. Only obviously if the thing is of quality. Only if that thing is of quality. And that's a simple issue because generally with everything else, the more you get to know about it, if you find its defects and the good does not outweigh the defects, then you're in trouble. That's why we're told in our marriages that the Prophet said that if you see some bad characteristics from the side, focus on the good ones. Because everybody has good and bad. When it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's no risk because it's all good. All praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can never risk knowing too much about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Knowing much more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase that mahabbat. So whoever believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his names, his attributes, and everything else about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his deen, he is going to be much more knowledge about, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person who knows more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that's the case, then he is going to be more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who loves, uh, the one who knows more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's going to become more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he gets close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his ladhat, when you say he gets close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, generally in his dhikr, that's when you expect to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In namaz, in salat, you're supposed to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In sajda, you're supposed to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where in sajda, we don't feel anything. We're still thinking about other things. Because our love for Allah has not developed like that. We don't feel that in our heart. Because we don't study Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enough. Once a person has developed this understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reading the Quran and just focusing on the, 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 the ways to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly by reading the Quran with understanding and pondering over it and looking through the heavens and the earth with a view to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His attributes, His majesty, His beauty and everything else. Now, when a person has that, when he gains that stage, then every other ladhat of this world, every other desire of this world will become nothing. When you've tasted the beauty of having something big, then everything else becomes small. I'll give you an example. Once you move away from normal products, I've got, I've got a friend who likes uh, good food. 
that means he becomes so difficult to please with normal food because he's into all the gourmet eating into the best restaurants into the best types of food so when a person you've got like that then they will think that everything smaller than that is going to be extremely extremely below their below their state and this is a very similar thing with the case of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person gets that laddat, then the laddat of this dunya, the pleasures of this world will become nothing. It's just like once you are into expensive brands, then somebody tells you and gives you something from a low-end store, then you're not going to wear it. It's just going to be beyond you to do this. You're not going to have any pleasure or any sense of uh, uh, attraction to that thing. It's just uh, the, the, the law of this world and that works with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. The way to cut ourselves away from the dunya is by loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when you sense that pleasure and knowledge and you understand who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, then that is what it is. That's why it says, فَكَيْفَ يُؤْثَرْ وَيُؤْثِرْ مَنْ لَهُ عَقْلٌ لَذَّةً ضَعِيفَةً قَصِيرَةً مَشُوبَةً بِالْآلَامِ عَلَى لَذَّةٍ عَظِيمَةٍ دَائِمَةٍ أَبَدَ person who has intelligence why should a person with intelligence give preference to a weak form of pleasure that is short-lived it's very temporary and it's filled with difficulties afterwards it comes with many many pains afterwards why should he give preference to that over the greater ladha and pleasure that is going to be forever in future eternity and then وَكَمَالُ الْعَبْدِ بِحَسْبِ هَاتَيْنِ الْقُوَّتَيْنِ the perfection of any human being of any any servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is based on these two you can say these two strengths that he can inculcate الْعِلْمُ وَالْحُبْ knowledge of Allah and love for Allah the more knowledge and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have, then that's how, more, that's how much more per, uh, perfection you reach. And out of knowledge, afdalul ilmi al-ilmu billah. The most superior form of knowledge is knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa'a'la al-hub al-hubbu lahu. And the highest level of love is the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Now this theory that we, this, this entire concept that we've just brought about here, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in this regard. To be a person attuned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and have his focus to gain a better understanding of Allah by reading the Quran. I think that is the way we understand the workings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world. And then doing the adhkar that we're supposed to do uh, to purify the heart, for the heart to become receptive to this love. And then you will see that the pleasure will eventually come. Anybody who says that they have no pleasure with Allah, they have more pleasure with everything else, it means they're not trying hard enough. And deep down everybody knows that. Because for example, Imam Ghazali, he considers the tasawwuf to be an empirical science. And that's why he says, if you do this, and if you do that, and if you do this, and if you do that, then you will get to the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tried and tested. You'll get to it. You've got belief, that's the qualification you need. Then you do these practices, 
and these endeavors and you will get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now if a person doesn't get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means he's not doing these things. Why would Allah, the kind, generous Lord, who loves to be worshipped, who loves his praise to be made, why would he not allow somebody to come who's trying? It means that, I know it's simple for us to say this, it means we're not trying hard enough. And deep down people know that. Somebody comes and says, I've been doing adhkar and dhikr for this many years. How come I don't feel the pleasure in my worship? Well, one of the biggest reasons is that it's what surrounds us. Just to stay safe in those things is, is a massive, just to stay safe in the face of all fitna is a massive accomplishment. Is a massive accomplishment. And Allah will reward for that. So now in this regard, I just want to mention one more point. Anybody who wants Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who seeks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Dar al-Akhirah, his journey in this regard cannot be complete except by abstaining from things, except by a beautiful form of abstinence, abstaining from the right things. He has to constrain his focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has to constrain himself from looking and turning towards anything else. He has to constrain his tongue from anything that is not of benefit. And he has to constrain himself on remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and on increasing his iman and the ma'rif of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has to also constrain his limbs from any disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has to then he has to constrain it away from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and constrain it upon fulfilling all the obligations and even the mustahabbat. Anything that is a mustahab. Istahabba means to love something, to want to love something. Mustahab is the things which have are beloved in the Sharia. They're, they are praiseworthy deeds. They're not wajib. Now wajib is also praiseworthy. But why is wajib not called mustahab? Because it's got an obligatory factor to it. So it's called obligatory. But we must know that if something lower than that, which is the mustahabbat, the mandubat, again, nadab, something encouraged, mandubat encourage things from the sharia, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those are beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They bring a person closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person cannot come away from this kind of discipline. Basically, it's talking about a discipline. A person cannot remove themselves from this discipline of continuing his focus on doing the right things, fulfilling all of the obligations and the mustahabbat and staying away from all the harams and everything like that. It's a constant struggle. It's a constant sense of discipline that has to continue hatta yalqa rabba until he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's going to be an ongoing battle. فَيُخْلِصَهُ مِنَ السِّجْنِ إِلَىٰ أَوْسَعِ إِلَىٰ أَوْسَعِ uh, that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will release him from having to be concerned about these things. This discipline has to continue until death. For everybody, it's going to be a struggle. Struggles will, will change and will be different in terms of they'll be harder and uh, easier. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to continue to happen until a person dies. Anybody who is not able to persevere, on these kind of abstinences, he is obviously 
then going to have to be in the hereafter he won't gain his freedom so if a person wants the freedom in this world they don't get the freedom in the hereafter because then a person has to deal with the punishments in the hereafter in the hellfire that's why every kharij min dunya every person who leaves this world imma mutakhallisun min al-habsi wa imma dhahibun ila al-habsi anybody who's leaving and departing this world either he is going to be set free from these restrictions or he's going to have to go to an abode of restrictions and that decision needs to that decision needs to be here what i want to do do i want to have restrictions in this world or do i want restrictions in the hereafter wa billahi tawfiq and only tawfiq tawfiq only comes from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why ibn aun his name was Abdullah ibn Aoun al-Muzani. He's from Basra, one of the great scholars of that time. He says that, عَلَيْكَ بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ You should inculcate the taqwa of Allah. فَإِنَّ الْمُتَّقِي لَيْسَتْ عَلَيْهِ وَحْشَةً Because a muttaqi will never be estranged, will never feel alone. Even if he's with nobody, but because Allah is with him, he will feel fine. He will feel completely fine. Zayd ibn Aslam, again another great uh, tabi'een, he was from among the tabi'een, he is from Medina Munawwara. Zayd ibn Aslam, you know who this is, right? Zayd ibn Aslam is. I don't. I'll, I'll tell you. Wasn't he the one that used to go around with Umar radiallahu anhu at night time? When Umar radiallahu anhu used to go and look for. He was his special khadim. He was his, uh, in fact, he was his freed slave, Zayd ibn Aslam. Zayd ibn Aslam. Now, all of these are their personal reflections about what the taqwa of Allah is, what the way of success in this world is. That's what I'm mentioning. These are people who've tried and tested all of these things and they've worked these things out. Zayd ibn Aslam used to say, Whoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people will begin to love this person even if they dislike to love him. Meaning even if they have certain things that others mention or whatever, they'll still love that person even though they, they feel it's beyond themselves. It, it, it's, it's, uh, 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 it's not something that they are intellectually choosing to do, but they will just feel inclined to this person. Uh, Sufyan al-Thawri uh, said to Ibn Abi Dhib, In ittaqayt Allah, kafaka nas If you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will suffice the people on your behalf. He'll take care of the people for you. You won't have to manage people anymore. Wa in ittaqayt Allah, lan yughnu anka min Allahi shay'a. And if you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will not be able to do anything to you. They will not be able to do anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants for you. They will not be able to hinder that in any sense whatsoever. Sulaiman ibn Dawood says, We were given what other people were given, and we were also given what other people were not given. We learnt those things that people learnt, but we also learnt things that people did not learn. He's basically saying that we've studied a lot of knowledge. We've got a lot more knowledge and we've studied a lot more knowledge and Allah has given us from that realm a lot more than what he's given others but 
out of all of these things falam najid shay'an afdal min taqwallahi fi sirri wal alaniya what we found is we did not find anything superior to fearing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala both in the apparent and in secret that's the difficult one wal adl fil ghadabi wal rida and being just whether you're in a state of anger or you're in a state of satisfaction wal qast fil faqri wal ghina and still being moderate whether you're poor whether you you whether you're in poverty or you're in prosperity you still uh, you still uh, maintain your istiqama and you don't go on to any one extreme in imam ahmed's book uh, he wrote a book called az-zuhd uh, uh, imam uh, asceticism imam ahmed has a book called uh, az-zuhd in there he has a he has a narration وَمَا مِنْ مَخْلُوقٍ اِعْتَصَمَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ دُونِيٍّ وَمَا مِنْ مَخْلُوقٍ اِعْتَصَمَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ دُونِي إِلَّا قُطِعَتْ وَقَطَعْتُ أَسْبَابَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضُونَهُ قُطِعَتْ أَسْبَابُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِدُونَهُ فَإِنْ سَأَلَنِي لَمْ أُعْطِهِ وَإِنْ دَعَانِي لَمْ أُجِبْهُ وَإِنْ اسْتَغْفَرَنِي لَمْ أَغْفِرْ لَهُ But that means is that any any created being if they seek assistance and help from another creating being aside from me so any created being seeking assistance from anything else or taking refuge with anything but me then all the means of the heavens and the earth become severed from me so basically any link that he could have between me and himself it all becomes severed every single link becomes severed now when he asks me i don't give him when he calls on me, I don't respond to him. And when he seeks forgiveness from me, I do not forgive him. وَمَا مِنْ مَخْلُوكٍ اِعْتَصَمَ بِي دُونَ خَلْقِ إِلَّا ضَمِنَةِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ رِزْقَهُ فَإِنْ سَأَلَنِي أَعْطَيْتُهُ وَإِنْ دَعَانِي أَجَبْتُهُ وَإِنْ اسْتَغْفَرَنِي غَفَرْتُ لَهُ And any of the created beings who seek refuge with me, who trust only in me, away from my creation, then the heavens and the earth will take charge and responsibility for his risk. They will guarantee his sustenance, the, both the heavens and the earth, both of them. They will guarantee his risk and his sustenance. And if he asks me, I will give him. If he calls on me, I will respond to him. And if he seeks forgiveness from me, I will then forgive him. That is basically the fruits of the endeavors. So we went through the system by which a person gets close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is by the knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you more love for Allah and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will finally give you pleasure with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala once you get that pleasure it becomes easier to worship but for that a person has to be very disciplined in this world and the, there's benefit to this discipline for the uh, for those who for those who have a belief in the hereafter because it's about either being disciplined in this world or having to be forced to have that discipline in the hereafter where it's forced anyway and those are the benefits of taqwa that we mentioned so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us with taqwa especially in secret and may in future and the reason i find this uh, that the reason this is very important that people are still struggling today even with their salat you know if there's concern about keeping the gazes low there's concern about abstaining from maybe uh, or be careful of the kind of job we're doing haram income you know things that are more difficult haram income 
you see a halal source of income, but it's got pollution inside. You don't know. It's adulterated income. These are that every penny that we have is halal or not. That's a difficulty. But subhanAllah, there are still people who have concern, but they can't make, make a prayer. They just miss prayers. This person emails me, he says that I have not prayed. I told him, okay, fine. Just report to me next week how many salats you manage to do every day. I get an email two weeks later saying, sorry, I didn't email you, but uh, now I'm telling you I only don't do Jumu'ah. No other prayer. I just can't do it. What a difficulty that is. That means we have to try, we have to try, we have to try. The vulnerable state is a good state. It reminds us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us afi and closeness to Him. So that we're not forced to be in adversity to, be remember, uh, to remember Him. And the worst is the one who's in adversity and still doesn't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the Prophet said, Whoever doesn't ask Allah, Allah gets angry on him. So I don't know, in people in adversity, are they closer to Allah than people in prosperity? Well, they, they have, generally, they have, they, there's a level of that because uh, sometimes poverty can lead a person to kufr because it's extreme and they can't deal with it. So you need iman, whether you're in prosperity or adversity, to manage those states. <coughs> اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك يا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين أو الله يا يسنفل سيفنس أو الله يا يسنفل سيفنس we have committed many sins by day and by night أو الله we make istighfar and we break that istighfar again. We continue to do the same thing over and over again. O oh Allah, however we are, whatever we do, O oh Allah, at the end of the day we are your servants. O oh Allah, and you are our master, you are the forgiver. O oh Allah, we are gathered here today <coughs> for your mercy. <coughs> We're gathered here today to be closer to you. We ask you for closeness. O oh Allah, we ask you for closeness after which there is no distance. O oh Allah, we ask you for closeness after which there is no distance. We ask you for ease with our worship. O oh Allah, we ask you for ease for all of our worships. O oh Allah, we ask that you make our worships those that you are pleased with. O oh Allah, we ask that you make the state of our heart that satisfies you. O oh Allah, we ask that you make our hearts in a state that satisfies you. Make your love, make your obedience beloved to our hearts. We ask you refuge from all of those things that distract us. And there are many things which distract us. We ask you for ease in this regard. Only you can provide ease. O oh Allah, turn our hearts to you. O oh Allah, keep our hearts on your faith. Grant us your love and the love of those who love you. Grant us your love and the love of those whose love benefits us by you. We ask you for tawfiq. We ask you for divine guidance. We ask you for mercy. We ask you for mercy. We ask you for compassion. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you for taqwa and purity. Oh Allah, 
Oh Allah, we ask you for taqwa and purity. Oh Allah, Ramadan is coming around. We ask that you allow us to benefit from this Ramadan, to make the most of this barakat and the barakat and blessings that are on offer during the month of Ramadan. We ask that you grant us all of our permissible needs. You make our desire and pleasure in those things that which you are satisfied with. Oh Allah, and our displeasure in those things that you are displeased with. Oh Allah, we ask you for special tawfiq. We ask you for special assistance and guidance. Oh Allah, make us linked only to you and focus only to you. Oh Allah, shower your blessings upon the Muslim world. Shower your blessings upon humanity. Oh Allah, draw them all close to you. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you keep us away from all the evil that is out there. You protect us and our children and progeny until the day of judgment from all the fitnas and evils that are out there. We ask you for steadfastness. Oh Allah, we ask you for steadfastness. We ask you for steadfastness. Oh Allah, bless all of those, all of our teachers, all of our mashayikh. Oh Allah, all those who expect something from us. Oh Allah, we ask that you grant them all the good of this world and the hereafter. Because for us, we have no ability. Oh Allah, and you are in control of all. We ask that you grant us the best pleasure on the day that we meet with you. Oh Allah, that we die from this world with the karima la ilaha illallah. Oh Allah, we die with the karima la ilaha illallah. Grant us the highest levels of Jannatul Firdaus. Grant us the company of your Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh Allah, send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh Allah, the people in this country, the Muslims around the world, humanity in general needs your assistance and help. Oh Allah, all of those things which are becoming obstacles from your help coming to us, from your assistance coming to us. Oh Allah, give us the tawfiq to remove those obstacles. Give us the ability to remove those obstacles from our life. Oh Allah, sometimes we recognize them, sometimes we don't even know. Oh Allah, remove our state of delusion. Remove our state of confusion. Allah, we ask you for clarity, for to see the truth as it is, and to ability to follow it, and to see the falsehood as it is, and the ability to abstain from it. Oh Allah, send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and make us of, of his followers. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon, wa salamun alal mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.